Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 49, 15 things that I want to remember about being a young mom when I'm a grandma. My name is Jesse Ellertson and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. We're going to start off our episode with a battle buddy moment, and it is a Facebook review from Kim, and she says, Jessie is a great coach. She's so welcoming and has a gift for creating a safe place where her clients can be open and vulnerable and work on improving their lives and their thoughts. I highly recommend her. Thank you so much for that review, Kim. On that note, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about something I have coming up next week that I am so excited about. So some of you have been with me since the beginning and will remember uh, that I had a podcast party near the launch of my podcast where we did lots of fun things and I had giveaways and I am excited to tell you that I'm doing it again. So next week I am having a podcast party and it's all around five. So I am just about to publish my 50th episode. I just reached 5,000 downloads, which I am so excited about you guys. That means you are listening and loving it and coming back for more. So I will be having a five-day podcast party next week, Monday through Friday. I'll be going live on Facebook every day of the podcast party, talking about different things and sharing some fun content with you. And there's lots of ways to enter similar to last time. All you have to do is send me an email at podcast at simplyresilient.net, letting me know which of the things you've participated in. Some examples are the episodes that you listen to during the party next week. And I will be releasing my top five favorite episodes and then also my listeners' top five favorite episodes based on the episodes that have been downloaded the most. So that'll give you a place to pull from if you've either never listened before or if you've listened to all of them and you want to go back and listen to some for entries into the giveaway. You can also leave me a podcast review. That would be one of my favorite things that you could do for an entry. And even just subscribing and rating my podcast is so helpful liking me on Facebook, liking me on Instagram, following me in those places, and then probably my top thing that I would love for you guys to do. I know that a lot of my listeners are military wives and a lot of my listeners aren't. And I'm still hoping that those of you who are listening and loving this that aren't military wives will feel excited about sharing it with anyone you know who is in the military. Those are the people that I'm really excited about reaching. I love anyone who's listening to this podcast and keep coming back for more but the people that I am so excited and passionate about helping are the women who are struggling with military life. They're strong, they're capable, they're independent, but their husbands are away a lot. And with the ups and downs of military life, they are weary and exhausted and battling with what's going on in their brain on a day-to-day basis. And I want to reach these women and share with them the tools that have been helping me so much as I navigate military life and my husband being away for different deployments and trainings and all that is required of him. So the part of this podcast party that you guys are going to be the most excited about is the giveaway. So I am giving away $500 in Amazon gift cards. That will be five $100 gift cards. So there's going to be five big chances to win. And like I said, all you have to do is send me an email letting me know what of the several options available to you you've participated in during my podcast party next week, and you'll be entered to win. And I'll do the drawing on Saturday, which is the 4th of July. Next week, Saturday, will be the Facebook Live drawing, 
And that is the 4th of July. And it's just a perfect way to celebrate. We are celebrating our freedoms next week. And we're celebrating the success of my podcast and continuing that success. So I'm excited to let you guys know about all that. I can't wait for you to participate and share, like, rate, review all the things so that I can keep growing and reaching more people. And I need your help to accomplish that. Okay, let's get into our episode for today. So this one is kind of fun, kind of silly, but it's a topic that is near and dear to my heart. When I say young mom, I mean a mom of young kids is really what I'm saying there. And I feel like I'm still in that category, even though I've been a mom for a long time. I still have young kids and I love to spend time thinking about when I'm going to be a grandma, when I'm going to be moved on from this phase of life where I don't have young kids anymore. And I just, I can't wait to be a grandma. I spend time thinking about it because I think it's going to be so fun. I know it will be its own set of 50-50, but secretly I sort of think it's not. (laughs) I think being a grandma is going to be the best and I can't wait. And I even know what I'm going to have my grandkids call me. They're going to call me Grandma Jess. I'm excited about that. And I think especially in recent years, as I've learned to think about my future, not in a way where I think it'll be better than here, right? But in a way where I'm excited about today and I'm excited about them. And even more than that, I consult with my future self. I spend time thinking about her, what she looks like, what she's going to do, what she's going to think about, what's going to fill up her mind and fill up her day and fill up her heart. And I make sure I'm making decisions today that support who I want my future self to be and look like and, and be doing. And so as I've spent even more time being really conscious of my future self, I think I've enjoyed thinking about this even more. So I started this list just on my phone several months ago, and I've been building it just as things will come up or I'll remember certain memories and things that have been really meaningful to me as a mom of young kids that has been really supportive, but not always easy to ask for. And sometimes I don't even know what I would need And it's been amazing when other people have done things that have been so helpful, so loving, so supportive, and so well-received, especially with those things that I didn't even know I was needing or would want. And I want to emphasize that this is in by no means a list that's created for, you know, attacking people in my life who are doing it differently than this list, because that's what most of us are doing. Most of us are doing these things because it feels like not a big deal. And I just want to, all the people doing that is totally fine. I just want to remember what it felt like to be a mom of young kids because I know that because I'm a human, humans forget. We think we won't. It's so big and meaningful and fills up our minds right now as we go through it that we think I'll never forget what this feels like. But I know for sure that I will. I know that when I don't have young kids anymore, I'll forget how hard it was. I'll forget what it felt like. I'll forget some of the amazing parts of it too. That's just what it means to be human. We live in the moment that we're in and it's hard to remember other moments. Anytime that you didn't, you know, maybe make a journal entry of an important day because you think, oh, I'll never forget this day. One, One example of that is my wedding day. I so wish that I had taken time to write down those experiences and how I felt and what I was thinking because in the moment it was so big. One of the most important days of my life And I remember thinking, I have all these pictures, I have all these experiences, and everything was so big and important and memorable. I'll never forget. And it's painful to look at that sometimes and realize, of course, I remember the day and I remember, you know, the high points and, but I don't remember so much about it. 
So this is just me trying to be more intentional because I spend time thinking about who I will be as a grandma. And I want to remember when I'm a grandma, at least some of the ways of what it felt like to have young children. And this is for how I want to behave, not just to my own kids and grandkids, but how I want to behave to all young moms that I come in contact with, because it is kind of amazing how many people, strangers at the store, you know, in church, different things that they want to come up and give you all their advice. And some of it can be really helpful. And some, I know it's all very well-intentioned, but some of it is, is a little hard on us young moms who are dealing with poop and throw up and babies up in the night and tantrums and toddlers. Whew. Okay, so here are my list of 15 things in no particular order. So number one is remember to let young moms know that you are a resource in any particular category. For example, if you had postpartum depression and you talk to a woman who's about to have a baby, you can briefly and lovingly let her know that that's something that you've experienced so that if she experiences it, she'll know you're there for her. If this is someone in your life who you think would reach out to you, you don't push your experiences on her, especially because you don't know if she'll even experience it. And it can also come after the fact, you know, in that postpartum example, that you can reach out to someone who you know is struggling with postpartum and you just say, I'm here for you if you need me. Most moms don't want your experiences pushed on them or your help pushed on them, but they want to know that you're a resource and they will remember you in the moment when they're ready to reach out for help. They will remember that you reached out to them and, and identified yourself as that resource, but don't push. Number two, if you're talking to young people, getting ready to be parents, stay positive. I've had lots of people share so many positive, loving, exciting congratulations and things like that as I prepare, mostly as I prepared to be a first-time mom. But I also had people feel like they had some sort of job to warn me, (laughs) which is really an interesting urge that they decided to give into. But um, I had people say to me, you know, get ready to not sleep for 18 years. And as I think back on that now, I think what a weird thing to say. To someone who is eight months pregnant, getting ready to have a baby, you know, it's similar to, I don't know if you guys have ever have ever experienced this with military life, but I remember telling people when we were deciding that we were going to join, I had someone tell me, well, you know, he can be deployed, right? And I think, no way, that's shocking news. Of course I knew that, you know, parents that are getting ready to have a baby, they know their baby's going to be awake in the night. And the only way, the only thing they need to do is to have love and support as they experience all that for themselves. They don't need any warnings like that. I'm not saying no warnings because it is helpful to have heads up on things, but go for really productive warnings. (laughs) Okay. And on that note, number three is a little bit about warnings as well, but These are very well-meaning warnings, and I just want to remember when I'm a grandma to think these things to myself, but not say them out loud. So people, older people who are done with the young kid phase, remember their young kids so fondly. They only remember the good things it feels like. And so one of their favorite warnings to give or advice to give is enjoy every minute because you're going to miss this when it's gone. Or this goes so fast fast. This part goes so fast. So enjoy it, right? But those of us who are in it, that is almost the last thing we want to hear. We already feel guilty that we're hating half of what's happening to us. We're loving half for sure. We've got that 50-50 down, but we don't need someone saying, make sure to love the 50% that you hate too. And I'm talking about throw up in the middle of the night. I'm talking about 
the tantrums. I'm talking about the sticky messes everywhere and books never being on the shelf because as soon as you put them back, your three-year-old pulls them all off again. I'm talking about broken games and missing puzzle pieces. Now, no one thing that I've just listed all by itself is like a deal breaker, but it's all of it together day after day. It's the on and onness of it all that is very wearying. And we already know it's going fast. And we already know that we're loving parts and hating parts. And we don't need anyone else to tell us. That's something I really want to remember when I'm older. Because I know I'll look back and say, oh, they were so sweet when they were little. And I miss when they would dot, 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 whatever. But I don't need to tell other young moms that they already know that's coming. I'm sure of it because I'm in it and I know that's coming. So while that one has very good intentions, I know it's not helpful in the moment. And it kind of makes us want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> Along that, those lines as well, I've had a lot of people tell me, enjoy this part, this part where you have young kids, because teenagers are even harder. Harder than toddlers is basically what they're saying. This is another one that drives me a little bit bananas. And I'm pretty sure these people are lying. Because now I have teenagers. Now, I'm, I'm joking mostly because one thing that really empowers me as a mom is to embrace the 50-50 of each stage, right? And so one thing I tend to do, and I'm actually going to talk about this in an upcoming episode entitled Toddlers and Teenagers, so get excited about that. Um, I It's easier for me to look at the 50% good of my older kids and the 50% hard of my younger kids. And then that builds up evidence of why toddlers are harder than teenagers. But when I take a step back and I take time to appreciate the 50-50 of a toddler and the 50-50 of a teenager, I see it's all there, the good and the bad of both phases. And then I can just appreciate and accept it for what it is rather than building up evidence for why my life will be better when I don't have toddlers anymore. (laughs) So I don't think teenagers are harder. I think toddlers are 50-50 and teenagers are 50-50. And I think that you feel like the phase you're in is the hardest one you've done. That's easy to think that way. And so when people are out of toddler world and fully in teenager world, they look at moms with toddlers and they say, oh, that part was so easy. This part is so hard that I'm in. And I should go tell her that. (laughs) Don't tell her that. So that's, that's my number three. Okay, number four is I want to remember that young moms can always use some help. But this is similar to military wives with their husbands deployed. There's nothing that they absolutely need, so they probably won't ask for it. Young moms, they can do it all, just like us military wives when our husbands are gone. There's very little that we absolutely need, and so there's a good chance we won't ask for help. And one of one sentence that can be really common when you know someone is struggling and in need is, let me know if I can help. And again, the good intentions are there. But that offer rarely comes to fruition. And so the offer I want to encourage you all to make to the young moms in your life and what I want the offer I want to remember to make when I'm not a young mom anymore. And similarly to the offer you can make to military wives whose husbands are away is I'm here to help. How can I help? It's such a different offer. It's it's subtly different, but it presents them with such a different opportunity. You say, I'm available. I'm here to help tell me what to do. You don't necessarily have to show up at their door and say that, but send a text saying, my afternoon is wide open. I'm here to help. How can I help? Because if you offer, and I want to remember this when I'm older, if I just say, let me know how I can help, mostly it won't happen. Number five, I want to remember that young moms are usually the ones taking the pictures. 
And so action pictures of young moms loving on their babies are so precious to them. Now, I know this won't apply across the board because not everybody likes having pictures taken of them. And I'm not talking about pictures you're necessarily going to post. I'm just talking about pictures that would be a treasure to you and would be a treasure to me. And as I look through all the pictures of my family, I love the pictures that we have. I'm in so few of them. And it's okay. It's not a big deal. But I want to remember when I don't have young kids anymore that I could do that for other people. I could offer to take the picture. I could sneak pictures and text them to her just so she could have them for herself, knowing and remembering that moms are rarely in the picture. We're doing so much, but we're also usually the one taking the picture. And it's a sweet, simple thing that I want to remember when I'm older. Okay, number six, I want to remember that young moms want other people to give their kids attention. That is the currency of for a young mom is attention. That is what their kids need the most. And that is what we are the most tired of giving our children, right? Because it's the on and onness, like we talked about already. We love, we love to give it to them and we know it's what they need, but it's what we run out of first is the attention. So I want to remember when I'm older that that is their currency. Okay. Number seven, I want to remember that young moms usually like people to attempt to collaborate on gifts that they're going to give their kids. Now, this isn't going to work in all situations, and there's no problem with just showing up with a present, but young moms are juggling a lot in their household and with their kids' behavior and with managing clutter and stuff that it is definitely worth a text or a call to say, I'm getting ready to get your little one a birthday present or my granddaughter a Christmas present. Is there anything she needs? And and sometimes we say, what does she love? And then you want to reply with, oh, she's really into My Little Pony right now. But to even come up with some ideas to say, like, I would love to give her an experience. Is there a place I could take her and give that to her as her birthday present? You know, offer some ideas because for me as a mom of young kids, I try to keep the inflow of stuff into my house at a minimum. And my kids have more toys, even with those efforts that I make, my kids have more toys than they need for sure. And so I often would prefer things that they need for their for their birthday, like some new church dresses or, um, you know, school clothes or to take them shopping is an amazing offer because they want me to take them shopping all the time. And where I have six at all different ages, they don't like to do the same kind of shopping. And it's just a lot on me to to either try to take them all or to divide up my time and take them individually to do the kind of shopping they want to do. Or to give them another awesome gift idea is to give them a membership to a place so that I don't have to bear the expense of the membership, but then I have the option to take them there or you can take them there and give them that attention that they need that I am weary of giving. <laughs> anyway, that it, collaboration will not always be be possible or available, but it's definitely worth worth the attempt at collaboration. And the mom can just say, you know, if she doesn't have anything in mind, she can just say, whatever you get will be great. But often, at least for me, we have some things in mind and it's really meaningful when people are willing to take that step. Okay. Number seven. Nope. Number eight. One thing I want to make sure to be careful not to say when I am a grandparent, particularly to my children about their children is to not say they never do that when they're with us. So I built this list from my own experiences. I built this list from putting it out on Facebook and Instagram and asking my friends with little kids what has been really hard on them and what has been really meaningful to them. And that's kind of where this list came about. And this one was one from my friend that she said she really struggles when 
she's taking care of her child and he does something naughty and the her parents the grandparents will say oh that's so weird he never does that at our house and she just thinks of course he doesn't <laughs> so there's this little trick with kids if you don't have young kids hopefully this will make sense to you and if you do have young kids maybe this isn't something you you've identified and and that this will help you put some things together but one thing i know about little kids is they feel most comfortable and most safe to do some of their worst behavior at home with their parents, with their family. And that can make sense because, uh, you know, children and teenagers and adults have that equivalent where we're more comfortable saying, doing, wearing certain things at home that we wouldn't in public, that we wouldn't around strangers, that we wouldn't even around, you know, friends or extended family. We're at our most comfortable at home. And so kind of our, not our worst will come out, but we're just, we're safe to behave in any way at home. And so children will often, little kids will often do things at home that they would never do at school or at their grandparents' house. And so it's really not our favorite thing when someone says, oh, I've never seen them do that. That's so weird. They would they never do that when I'm in charge. You know, that's, that's hard on us. We already know that we're getting the worst of it. And we're actually pretty grateful. I am. I know when I get my four-year-old's tantrums and then I hear from her you know, her church teacher or her school teacher, she's as sweet as can be. And she's always so agreeable. And part of me is kind of like, ugh, you know, of course she is. And the other part of me is like, I'm so glad she is and that she's not doing some of the nonsense she does at home when she's out in the world. So it's just a tricky balance that we're working and we don't need anyone to emphasize it. Okay, number nine, I want to remember how hard it was to be a first time mom and to not minimize first-time mom's worries. We have, those of us who are no longer first-time moms, we're seasoned, experienced moms. We have so, we have experience, we have confidence, we have a lot of evidence that everything will be okay. But it's very valuable to remember how it felt when you had one kid and you were doing everything for the first time. And when they got a fever, you worried if you should take them to the hospital because what if they die? And when you're on your third, fourth kid, you think, oh, fever, this will be fine, you know. But when first-time moms are worried about things that you know you don't need to worry about anymore, don't minimize their worry. Just love them and support them and remember how hard it was and be there for them. That's all they need. Okay, number 10. I want to remember that we all have days where we feel like we're bad moms. And we don't like our kids. And that is so normal. I want to remember that when I'm older because I think that's when I'll forget. And I'll see moms beating themselves up. And I'll think, oh, you're doing a great job. Why is that so hard to remember? But when you have young kids, it can be hard to remember that you're doing a great job. Because a lot of it feels like just keeping everybody alive and just managing your circus and a lot of chaos. And so that's when I want to remember. I want to remember that it's normal to have those days or even just moments every day where you're doubting if you're doing a good job. And I want to just be there with love and encouragement and not try to change that experience for them. And that nothing has gone wrong when moms have a day where they want to throw their kids away. It's totally fine. Totally normal. We've all been there. And it will be, maybe that part never stops. Who knows? (laughs) Okay, number 11. I want to remember this. Not This one, I think, applies forever, not just for young moms. But I want to remember it in case this is when I forget that all human moms will mess up their kids a little bit. We're supposed to. That's exactly how it goes as planned. We will all mess up our kids a little bit. 
when you're a young mom, you're thinking, but what if this screws them up? And when you're a mom of older kids, I imagine that you're thinking, what if that was my fault? What if the way they're screwed up now is my fault? And I just want to give you all permission to say, totally was, no problem. We all mess our kids up a little bit. There's no way to parent in a way that your kids won't take on a little bit of your baggage, that they won't hold you accountable for something that probably isn't your fault, actually, that you won't make tons of mistakes. That's exactly what it means to be a human parent. And we're all just doing our best. And I want to remember that always. Okay, number 12 is that I want to remember to not just offer to babysit. This is similar to number four. If you just offer to babysit, there's a very good chance they won't take you up on it. But I want to offer to babysit and then make it happen and have serious plans. So I want to be a fun grandma. I want to remember that young moms who have their kids 24-7 would do anything for a weekly two or three hour break. And when I don't have young kids, I will have those hours to offer. Right now where I'm still managing my chaotic circus, I definitely have you know my friend's kids over for playdates and things like that. But I'm not really in a position to relieve young moms the way that I know I'll be when I'm older. And I just want to remember what it feels like to know you have a two-hour break coming. And I want to pick up people's kids and take them to my house and babysit and give them that break and have a plan for their kids when they get there so that they get that attention that they so need nonstop. And when I return the kids to their mom, she'll know they just got two solid hours of attention. And so if I need to put them in front of the TV later while I make dinner, that will be awesome. Okay, number 13, I want to remember that young moms want validation and commiseration at times. When they come to you complaining, they don't really want you to fix it. They just want to be validated and commiserated with. They want you to say things like, I remember that. That was so hard. They want to be told they're doing a good job and that everything will be okay. They don't need solutions for the most part. Sometimes moms go out seeking specific solutions for a challenge that they're dealing with. But mostly they have the answers. They know exactly what to do. They just need to know that other people have been through this, that they are not the only ones with kids doing this and the only ones having these thoughts and feeling this way. And one other little part to this one is that often, some that sometimes it's appropriate to share your experience that you've had and that will increase the connection that that young mom feels to you knowing, okay, I'm not the only one that's felt this way. But to just watch for that a little bit, because one thing that can happen is it can feel like a one-up, that you're one-upping them as you share your story. So if they're sharing a hard labor experience, maybe, and you had an awful labor experience, you're going to be tempted to share what happened to you. And if they're asking for that, absolutely do it. And if you think it would be productive and helpful, absolutely do it. But I think there's a lot of instances where their story might feel shadowed, especially if yours was worse than theirs. So I think it's so valuable, just that sentence of, oh, I remember that so well, and it was awful, and I'm so sorry that you, know, that you had that hard experience, but they don't necessarily need to know the details of your experience. Okay, number 14, I want to remember that telling young moms not to worry or not to stress really does the opposite of what you're trying to do. <laughs> it makes them more frustrated, more worried, more angry, more resentful, more of everything. They don't need to be told not to worry. It's similar to, it'll be here before you know it, or this goes so quickly. Like all of those sentiments often backfire. It's mostly not what young moms are looking for. Okay, I have a little side note to add here, and then I'll give you the final number 15. So in my list that I was making on my phone, 
I was reviewing it yesterday as I prepared to record this podcast. And after number 14 in my list is a sentence that my husband typed in because we have the same Apple ID. And so our notes are shared between our phones. And so he added this little tidbit to my list. He wrote, Jesse is the best, prettiest girl ever. (laughs) He is so cute. And he loves to write me little love notes. And so I just wanted to throw that in there. Thanks, honey. Okay, number 15, last one is I want to remember that it's hard to go places with little kids and to offer to go to the house that has little kids. I think that when we leave the young mom stage, the mom of young kids stage, that we forget how exhausting it is to keep kids out of things and not breaking things and that their home is generally a very safe place to be where the moms can let them roam free and not worry. When I've had to take my little kids to other people's houses, which is totally fine and it's not that it should never happen because sometimes young moms are looking to get out of the house. And so that's where just that offer can be helpful where you're willing to go either way and then they can kind of let you know if they're anxious to get out of the house or if it would be a big relief for you to come to their house. But when I've needed to take my little kids to other people's houses, I'm just constantly keeping them from breaking stuff, from spilling on stuff, from damaging stuff, from getting out of my eyesight because I have no idea what's around that corner or from petting someone else's dog in a way that they don't like. But at my house, everything is managed and they're pretty safe to run free and play independently. And so whenever I can, I host meetings and host things at my house so that I don't have to manage my kids in that way because one of my other people's houses, it's a constant chase. It's not so bad anymore now that my youngest is almost three, but I've just been doing this toddler thing for a long time because my oldest is 14. So out of six kids, I feel like so many of these years have had little destructive toddlers. So I just want to remember to offer to go to the house of the person with the young kid. And again, sometimes they won't want you to come there because maybe their house is messy or they want to get out of the house. So, so many of these are not just like a blanket. This is always how a young mom will feel. They're just how I have felt at many times, how friends of mine have felt and they've shared with me different comments on my Facebook posts that I've, I've added in here. And everyone's going to be a little bit different. But these are just things that I want to remember about my experience of being a mom with young kids so that when I leave this phase, which I'm excited about, <laughs> I can be intentional about remembering and offering this help to the young moms in my life in a meaningful way that hopefully will be productive and that they will take me up on. So that is what I have for you guys today. Your mission for this episode is actually a little bit different than my usual missions, but I want you guys to go to my Instagram or my Facebook, which is just Simply Resilient Life Coaching. And I want to hear from all of you about what I want you to add your thoughts about this topic to my list by making a comment on my post of what you want to remember when you're not a mom of young kids anymore, or even if you're already to that phase where you don't have young kids anymore, what you have found to be beneficial to the young moms in your life or what you still do remember from that phase. We obviously don't just forget everything right away, but over time, pieces of it slip away. And I would just love to hear from you and let's build this list even bigger so that we can all pull from each other and be the most amazing grandmas on the planet. Okay, we're going to end this episode with a hot mess moment. Last year, we bought an excursion and it's a diesel. It's the first diesel we've ever owned and it's loud as can be, which is really a good time. And a few months after we bought it, 
we bought a camper that has a toy hauler so we can load our four wheelers on it. And we needed something that was stronger that could pull it stronger than our suburban was. And the excursion is awesome because it's basically an eight person truck, which is what we need because we have six kids and they don't make them anymore, which is a bummer. So the newest excursion you can get is a 2005, but ours is great and we love it. And it's just taken a little getting used to because I've never driven something quite so big or a diesel, which is really loud. Anyway, a few months after we bought it, I was taking a group of young women from my church through a drive through We had just been to the temple and we were getting an ice cream cone in the drive through of Arctic Circle. And I guess this was the first time I had been through a drive through in the excursion because we still have our minivan, but it only seats seven. So that is the main car I use to drive my kids around whenever my husband's not with us. But when we're a whole family, we just go on the excursion. Anyway, so I guess this was the first time I had taken the excursion through a drive through and I was yelling at the speaker and she still couldn't hear me. And I thought, oh, this is so frustrating. Their speaker's not working very well. And I was saying, you know, we need eight ice cream cones or whatever I was saying. And she was like, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing you. And I'm thinking, come on, Arctic Circle, get your speaker fixed. <laughs> and finally, the the other leader, the other woman with me, helping t- me take these sweet girls on this adventure, leaned over to me and said, I think it's because your engine's too loud. <laughs> and I just started laughing and quickly turned my car off. <laughs> And placed my order very easily. She heard me perfectly. And I apologized to the the woman in the speaker. And I was laughing so hard because that thought did not even cross my mind. I was just so sure that their speaker wasn't functioning properly. And I'm also an expert at tuning things out. I'm an expert at tuning out crying, whining, just annoying noises, loud noises, anything that's unimportant but is going to keep happening. (laughs) I just am very good at tuning it out. So I completely was tuning out how loud my engine was. And I was so focused on getting my order placed that I that was not even an option of why she was having a hard time hearing me. Anyway, I thought that was really funny that my brain is such an expert on tuning things out that the super loud diesel engine was not a problem in my mind. It wasn't even happening. It was not not, not even existing in that moment. And now I know that when I place an order and I'm in my excursion, I need to shut the engine off and I have not had a problem since. (laughs) Happy to report. So that was my hot mess moment for this episode. Thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode. If you are enjoying this podcast, please go to my website, simplyresilient.net to download my free guide to thriving during deployment. I also love when you share this podcast with your friends and rate and review it. Remember that when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Have a 50-50 day.